the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. For those of you who may have missed last week, we have begun our Christmas series. And our Christmas series is taken from the 1957 book by Dr. Seuss, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Well, the main character of the book is uh, this bitter cave-dwelling monster named The Grinch. And he lives on top of cold and snowy Mount Crumpet. Now, uh, Mount Crumpet overlooks Whoville, uh, home of the, the happy, warm-hearted Who's. Grinch's only companion in life is his unloved but loyal dog, Max. And uh, one day from Mount Crumpet, you know, he's just doing his regular old grouchy, grinchy things. And he hears you know, these songs and, and, and excitement and, and joy, you know, wafting up the mountain as Hoover was making preparations for, for Christmas. And when he heard that the people, you know, the, the joy and the excitement and, and the people were happy, he, he got annoyed by the joy. By the way, I'm learning the best way to get back at the devil is to be happy. It annoys him more than anything else. So when, when he heard all this, you know, energy and excitement, he came up with this wicked scheme and he disguised himself as Santa Claus. And uh, he got a sleigh and he put his little dog, uh, Max, uh, the front of the sleigh, put little fake reindeer antlers on his head. And he decided that he'd go down to Whoville and spoil everyone's Christmas by stealing all the gifts. So the plan went pretty well. After uh, stealing all the gifts all night, he worked and, uh, you know, he took food, he took Christmas trees and, and the kids' gifts. He was interrupted once by Cindy Lou, the little who. And, uh, uh, but we'll talk about her perhaps next week. And, uh, but, but he tricked her and, and he went up out of, the, uh, out of her, her, her chimney. And then after spending the whole night stealing stuff and, uh, you know, just, just doing his, his dastardly deeds, he uh, went back up Mount Crumpet and he was about to throw all the gifts, all the trees and all the food over the cliff. But as the sun rose, uh, 
you know, he expected to hear pandemonium. He expected to hear people upset, kids crying, and just, just, just a whole deal down there in Hoosville. But instead, he heard all the little Who's singing these joyous, beautiful Christmas songs. So when he saw that, he was bewildered, you know, by, by the townspeople's joy. How are they unmoved, considering what I did last night? And then in that moment, you know, the lightning bolt hit him. He, he, he discovered that, you know, Christmas is about more than the toys, about more than the trees, about more than the food. He discovered that, you know, maybe there is a reason for the season. So the Grinch's heart was moved, and uh, he immediately went back down the hill with his dog, Max, and returned all the Who's Christmas goodies. And for the first time in years, he joined the festivities himself. Now, today we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. And together we're going to learn how to avoid living our lives on Mount Crumpet. But it's going to be a little more of a Bible study. We're going to really dig into the scriptures today as we proceed. Father, I ask that you open ears and eyes today. Father, cause us not to have spent time in church, but really invested time in church. May, may, may it be that we leave here with dividends and value, all because you open our ears to hear the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. We pray this in the name of Jesus. We all say, in verse 14, the writer of Hebrews says, pursue peace with all people. Now, the word translated pursue here uh, was originally used to describe in the Greek language a hunter following the tracks or the scent of an animal. You know, our peace as believers is grounded exclusively on the cross of Jesus Christ. However, our peace with people is a whole other thing. According to the scripture, it must be vigorously pursued. Peace in a relationship, in a church, in a family, in a community is never by accident, but the result of attention, investment, and perseverance. Now, you can pray for peace all you want, but it seldom comes unless you take some steps to go after it. Now, in my house, you know, the way we operate is part of the culture of our home. In order for us to maintain peace, we've learned to keep short accounts. How many of y'all like sneaky people? I don't like sneaky people. If you got a problem with me, I don't want to hear six months later that you had a problem with me six months ago where I can't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? And I got to go through my mind and put all the pieces together. So our rule is don't let the sun go down on your wrath, or on your anger. So if you got an issue, tell me now. So, you know, what, what happens, what, what we do is, and we, you know, this, this causes great problems in, in, in our families. 
you know, somebody did something and you don't say nothing. And then you wait till it builds up and builds up until you, you almost explode and you want to kill the person. And the other person like, what's your problem? But it happened because you did not keep short accounts and really because you didn't pursue peace properly. It says pursue peace. This is the tough one with all people, not just people like you and not just people who like you. There are always three types of people in each of our lives. Those who help us in difficult times, those who left us in difficult times, and those who put us through (laughs) difficult times. We see here that this scripture is a tall order because God wants us to pursue peace with each of these categories of people. Now, Romans 12 and 18 says the same thing with a caveat that has helped me a whole lot in my life. It begins saying the same principle with with a little more insight. It says, if it is what? Possible. If lets us know it's not always possible. Some people, no matter what you do, they're going to have an issue with you, all right? So the bad news is we're not going to be liked by everyone. The good news is the great ones never are. Here's a a reality check. If some people didn't even like Jesus, I mean, the spotless, perfect lamb of God. Why are we so surprised and so amazed, so crestfallen that a few people don't like us? He said, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, meaning make sure the reason that people don't like you is because you're a jerk. Make sure it's because they're a jerk. That's what that. All right. You you didn't see that in the text. All right. So as much as it depends on you or to the best of your ability, live peaceably. It's this all men again with all men. This doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person. It doesn't mean you always have to condone everything they say and everything they do. It doesn't mean that you have to discard your own beliefs. What it means is we can disagree without being what? Disagreeable. When I was young, I admired the strong. I admired the intelligent. But as I get older, I admire the kind. It's so rare to find people that have gone through life and have maintained a tender heart. It's so rare to to meet people that can still put themselves in someone else's shoes. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with what? All men. Let's go back to Hebrews 12 and 14. Again, it says, pursue peace with all people. Again, a little Bible study here. But then it adds in holiness. Holiness is a big word. And it simply means to be separate, to be distinct, or better put, to be different. 
God does not want his people or his children to be afraid of being different. Because this is, in fact, the way God made us. If anything, we should be afraid of being exactly like everyone else. We will never influence this world by being exactly like it. There ought to be some distinctions. Now, I'm not saying some people take this to the extreme. Now, my wife and I, you know, we're we're, we're different. She's male and I'm female. And by virtue of that, there's some differences between us. Differences that I happen to love between us, but there are differences. But here's the deal. My wife, by virtue of her being in a female, is not in a whole other category. Now, we're both humans, okay? And within the human species, there's these complementary genders. You hear what I'm saying? And they complement each other, and and they're important, and, and, and the difference is the attraction one to it. Are you still with me? Okay. All right. But some of us, we become believers. We're no longer the same species. Can't nobody damn it. We've gone to a whole other category. I mean, we don't eat. We don't talk. We don't laugh. We don't smile. We don't listen. We don't touch. We don't taste. And we go to these extremes, and again, no one can identify. However, there should be a distinction, something that makes us different by virtue of the fact that God's on the inside. It says, without which, speaking of holiness, no one will see the what? Lord. What is the Bible saying there is no one's going to see Jesus in you until you stop acting like the devil. Until you start maintaining a caring and sensitive heart in this cruel world, you will be just like everybody else. God wants us to be a distinction. Yeah, we look like every, Jesus himself looked like just another ordinary human being, but there was a difference. When people hurt him, love came out. When people uh, uh, attacked him, wisdom came out. And we don't want to be like the world. You bite me, I bite you. We, we want to be, 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 be distinct and, 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 and different. Always be who God created you to be. Why? Because in an original, it's always worth more than a copy. And the moment we start trying to be exactly like everybody else, we lose our value in the kingdom. Verse 15, and this is where we go into second gear in Bible study here. It says, looking carefully. The word used here is episkopos, episkopos. And there's two words in this word, episkopos. The first word is epi, which means over. The second word is skopos, meaning to look like telescope, microscope. So the combination, uh, epi and scopos, means to, to, to overlook or to oversee. So he's saying, basically, we, we, we want you to, to oversee some points that are about to follow. Actually, this is the word used in Scripture uh, that's translated uh, a bishop. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us 
that we are actually the bishops of our own souls. What the Bible's teaching us is that God holds no one else responsible for my long-term emotional state but me. Now, you might do something crazy, and it might take me a couple hours to get past it. But we're talking about, you know, three weeks in, six months in, seven months in. That's your problem. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they did what they did, and you might have needed a moment to get past it. But my long-term mental and emotional state is my responsibility. He says, looking carefully or being my own bishop, watching my own emotional state, the way a shepherd watches his sheep, the way a banker watches his money, the way a butcher pays attention to his meat. As a person that's been through some some, some dark periods, I, I had to learn this the hard way. Nothing will make me happier than I choose to be. There's always stuff that happens that can make you angry, miserable, bitter. But no one can make the choice for me. To rejoice is a choice that requires effort and sometimes determination and work at times. Culturally, we're trained that I'm this way because of what somebody else did to me. I'm this way because of what mommy and daddy did. I'm this way because of culture. But the Bible says it's the truth that will set us free. So today may feel just a little bit like a dentist visit, but after you're done, you're going to be glad you went through the root canal. You hear what I'm saying? Sixth hand class is better than the first service. He says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. It's funny how we're, we're mad at, when we get mad at someone, we immediately get real literal. We immediately get real legalistic. I know you don't think you're legalistic, but we get really, really, especially when we're mad, legalistic. We, we require strict conformity to the letter of the law. I mean, before you were, were, were mad at her, and you go to McDonald's, you could eat each other's french fries, eat off each other's plate. And, and I mean, it was no big deal, you know. But let her get on your nerves. Why you buy your own fries? Why are you always eating my french fries? We were standing right next to him when, when we ordered. Why you want mine? You could have just ordered a double size for you. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. I mean, remember, remember when you were in love? Love, you know? And maybe sometimes she cook. Maybe sometimes you cook. But, you know, a little time goes on, years goes on in marriage. Now everybody's counting. And if you cook four out of the seven days of the week, you're like, what do you think, I'm your slave? I mean, man, man, wait, man, come on, you ain't doing See, we get real literal, real legalistic, real, 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 real strict, you know, about the rules and what's right. And what's wrong? It says, lest anyone fall short, 
meaning you can fall short. This doesn't say that, this doesn't mean that you've not experienced grace, but you can fall short showing grace. Okay. I, I use this analogy often when I'm talking about heaven and hell. But let, let's use it for, uh, for, to, to describe or to explain the grace of God here. Let's say you're moving from one cliff to the next cliff, and you have to jump 15 feet, and you're 100 feet off the air. If you miss the other side of the cliff by one foot, you just as dead as if you missed it by two feet, right? Just dead. And the grace of God that we're called to show, she said, you're to love your brothers and sisters, as I loved you. So the standard is not what's acceptable in culture, but what has been modeled by Jesus. And he's talking about folks that constantly fall short of what God wants them to be like as it relates to the subject of grace. Let's anyone fall short of the grace of God. Watch this. Let's any what? Root. A telltale sign that you are operating in bitterness is that you stop seeing people through the lens of grace. You stop seeing people through the lens of mercy. You no longer give the benefit of the doubt. And a person's one minute late, I know you late because X, Y, and Z, da, 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 and you throw the book at them every single time. They mess up. How many of y'all living with somebody like that? Yeah. You can't talk back to the preacher. But I want you to also notice something. It starts out as a root under the surface. You won't even realize it's growing unless you follow the instructions and you become the Episcopos, you are looking carefully, being your own bishop, monitoring your own emotions. Here's the thing. You are the only one responsible for your emotions. Nobody else is responsible. Do you understand? The way I feel is the way I feel. I am the captain of my ship. Do you understand? And he's, he's really giving people power back. Again, in our culture, everybody, I'm like this because, because. No. At some point, you decided it was okay. And what I'm trying to do today, and this is why, again, this is a little drilling and, 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 and you know, the dentist is doing the job here because it's countercultural. What I'm trying to say is own your life. And the truth that's going to set you free today is you don't have to be a certain way. You can be the way God wants you to be. You can respond how God wants you to respond. I know it's tough. But we're dealing with some truth here. Less any root of what? Bitterness. This is what happened to the Grinch here. Now, in, in the movie that came out this year, they add a little more information. And, and what they said was when, when the Grinch was a child, he was an orphan. And when Christmas came around, he'd watch all the other kids, you know, play with the family and get gifts from the parents. He never got gifts and, and he never had a family. And, and, and he had these unresolved childhood issues. But my Bible tells me is when I was a child, I thought like a child. 
but, but, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. How can we call ourselves a grown-up still stuck on stuff that happened when we were 9, 10, or 12? Let me tell you more. Let me tell you more. Our maturity level grows until that point we become offended. If you were offended at 12 and hadn't got over it, your maturity level in that area stays about 12. That's why grown folks still act like children. I mean, some of us will we'll go back to 25 immediately because something happened at 25. We can't get past. We never matured. Grasp past that. point. Same thing in a marriage. Y'all were good until five years in. Something happened. And then you couldn't get past that thing that happened and your relationship never matured beyond age five. I went to preaching pretty good there. If we don't resolve the disappointment, the dissatisfaction, the discouragement properly, it ends up getting lodged and rooted in our souls. This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at Grace Church VA TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. It's with the help of listeners like yourself that Derek Graham Ministries can bring the life-changing gospel to hundreds of thousands of people around the globe. During this holiday season, please consider partnering with Derek Graham Ministries to help us spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Becoming part of my team is really easy. Just go to DerekGreer.com. That's DerekGreer.com and select the donate button at the top of the screen. Thank you and welcome to the team. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.